Welcome to the Compass Catholic Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kano. On this podcast, we talk about how to live with our money as Catholics. Hi, Changemakers. For the next seven weeks, we are going to go on a journey together. No, we're not talking about some tropical destination or going on some pilgrimage. We're going to travel along the Compass Catholic money map. This money map is a tool that we use at Compass Catholic to help our study participants prioritize their money tasks. The money map provides you with a plan. And this plan is needed not only to achieve the goal that you're setting out for, but it's also needed to break that goal up into bite-sized chunks, making it much more attainable. I think I've mentioned in some other podcast episodes, but I'm a distance runner. To be fair, I'm actually a distance jogger. That's probably more appropriate. But I've done several marathons and I've done all the training that goes with them. And a study was recently done on distance runners and the psychology that goes along with running all those miles. What they found out is that distance runners don't think about running to the finish line because that's just too overwhelming. What they do is they pick a landmark of some sort that they can see and they run to that. And once they hit that goal, they pick another visual landmark and then they run to that. And that's how the money map works. Your journey is broken up into seven destinations that make the journey to financial discipleship seem not too overwhelming. And the beauty of it being organized the way it is, is that when you realize you want to start living as a financial disciple and you want to gain control of your financial life, we tend to want to do all the things. But that can get overwhelming real quick. The money map provides you with seven steps towards financial wellness in a biblically informed manner. So we're going to focus on the first destination today, destination one. And destination one includes saving $1,000 for emergencies, start to use a spending plan, and begin giving. All right, so first we're going to talk about the first step in destination one, which is establishing an emergency fund. We suggest at Compass Catholic $1,000 as a primary goal for your emergency fund, because that's typically enough money to cover an unexpected expense. About half of Americans don't actually have enough money to even cover a $400 emergency. So by having a $1,000 emergency fund, you're actually doing better than half of America. It's so important that an emergency fund is established as a first priority in order to avoid falling back into dependence on credit cards. And we are breaking that cycle, right? We are no longer going to be dependent on credit cards. And having that emergency fund breaks that cycle. So we often get some couple questions. I'm going to go over the questions that we get frequently. And the first question is, where should I keep my emergency fund? The next question we get is, is it okay to keep my emergency fund in my checking account? And then the third question we get is that people ask if they can keep it into higher interest accounts so it earns money while it sits there. And the answer is the same to all these questions. To these questions, I say it's probably best to keep your emergency fund in a separate account that's intended for savings. If you keep it in a checking account, you're probably going to use it if the temptation gets too severe. And if you invest it, you take on risk. And the whole point of the emergency fund is to offset risk. So just a basic savings account of some sort will do for the purpose of the emergency fund. 
In addition to no longer relying on credit cards, there are a few other benefits to having an emergency fund. A couple of these include, it keeps your stress level down. It's no surprise that when life presents an emergency, it threatens you, it threatens your financial well-being, and it causes stress. If you're living without a safety net, you're kind of living on the edge, you're living on the financial edge, hoping to get by when you run into a crisis, and that's no way to live. So having an emergency fund keeps that stress level down. It also keeps you from spending on a whim. We all know the phrase, out of sight, out of mind. That's the best way to store your emergency fund. If the cash is only as far away as your closest debit card, like if you keep that cash in your checking account, you're going to be tempted to use it for something you don't need. Keeping the money out of quick reach means that you can't spend it on a whim. So by putting it in that separate savings account, you're also going to know exactly how much you have and how much more you still need to save. So a couple of really great benefits to having an emergency fund, in addition to just breaking that cycle of relying on debt whenever life happens, right? So you may be wondering, how am I ever going to save for this emergency fund? Um, Some people are living in a deficit budget and we're breaking that cycle and they don't see how savings is even possible. So here's some things to think about to kind of get yourself going and developing that $1,000 emergency fund. So first, you can have a yard sale. You can sell things within your house. Um, You may also consider living on a really strict menu for a few months. Our food spending can get out of control real quick. So by having a strict menu, you can actually probably save several hundred dollars a month by not spending money on food. Um, You can sell something that's just sitting in your house using eBay or using Facebook Marketplace, one of those uh, selling platforms. You can cut out all dining out while you're saving for an emergency fund. I have a family of six and I know one meal out can start reaching close to like $800 sometimes. So if you cut out all dining out, you may be able to develop that emergency fund quicker than you think. You can also save your tax refund. And if you normally get a huge refund, you may wanna take a moment and check your withholding status. If your withholding status is not appropriate and you're getting a huge tax refund every year, you may wanna modify that withholding status so you get some more cash in your pocket every month. And then you wanna use that cash to develop your emergency fund rather than letting it go into the black hole of your spending, right? Um, Something else you can do is you can check your state's unclaimed property division and see if you have any unclaimed cash that your state is holding for you. This is a thing, I promise. This is a real thing. Just go to your state's unclaimed property division and there may be possibly an apartment refund that you never got or a utility deposit that you never received last time you moved. So check and see if there's some cash there for you. Um, So there's lots of things that you can do to jumpstart this emergency fund and get it going. But the most important thing you can do is the next step in destination one, and that is to establish a spending plan, AKA budget, call it what you will. Spending plan, budget, it's all the same thing. By having and keeping to a spending plan, you're gonna be able to identify all those leaky spots. And those leaky spots are areas where your money is just pouring down the drain. So in order to establish a spending plan, it's important to write down all the predictable expenses that are paid in and paid out every month. And it's also critical to track all those variable expenses that crop up, especially 
those variable expenses like eating out, randomly catching a movie because we can do that now, or traveling for special occasions. We are in the summertime as we were recording this, and traveling on a whim can really eat at your budget. Oftentimes, these variable expenses catch us off guard, and they have the potential to throw our monthly spending plan in just to complete tailspin. Tracking those random expenses can help us have a better understanding of how we are spending every month and possibly even help us curtail the unnecessary expenses if we need to look at ways of scaling back. When we're considering our variable expenses, what I want you to consider is those bills that come in quarterly or yearly because we forget those, right? We forget our quarterly trash bill or an annual property tax bill. And when we get them, they feel like emergencies, but they're not emergencies, they're just variable expenses. The best way to plan for those is to figure out what they are, add up the total amount due for the year and divide it by 12 to determine how much you need to set aside monthly for those quarterly annually expenses that we have that pop up. So after developing a working spending plan, if there's money that's not yet assigned to a specific category, it may be really tempting to assign that money to paying off your debts. Because once we realize all the nastiness that goes with having debt and how it's holding us back, we really want to get that debt paid off. And we get this surge of motivation that we want that debt to go away. But you really only want to focus on aggressively paying those debts after you have your emergency fund established. So get that emergency fund established first before we start aggressively paying on debt. All right, so now we're gonna move on to the third step in destination one. We've already established that we need to have a $1,000 emergency fund. We established that we need to have a spending plan, AKA budget. The third step in destination one is we need to begin giving. And even though it's a third step in destination one, it's actually the most important step. So the Bible refers to tithing, which is defined as the first 10% of our earnings or first fruit. And often we hear this 10% number and we get overwhelmed. We think I can't do 10%, so I'm not going to do anything. (laughs) And really, USCCB's guidelines points out that we are to give to our capacity. 10% is, it's a good rule of thumb, it's good, but really we are called to give to our capacity. That's what we are called to do as Catholics. So what the real important thing is, is getting started. If you're not contributing to your parish on a regular basis, start now, no matter how little you can afford to give. If it's a dollar a week, it's a dollar a week, but the point is that you're building habits. And as you can control your spending and more money becomes available, the giving percentage can be increased. Generosity is good for your soul, and it's good for your pocketbook, and it's good for your life in general. There's actually been a lot of studies out there on those who are habitually generous. And those who are regularly generous and practice generosity as a lifestyle, they report increased health. They report happier dispositions. They report reduced stress. They have improved relationships, and they live longer lives. There have been other studies to show that those who are generous tend to earn more money. Generosity is good for us, and there is no reason to wait. And we also need to remind ourselves, God cannot be outdone in generosity. He can't. So get started. Generosity is not a privilege. Generosity is something we are all called to participate in. So if you are typical, 
You probably have several areas on the map that are in progress. So maybe you're paying a mortgage or maybe you're paying down credit card debt, or maybe you're already contributing to your retirement account. And you look at the money map and you feel like, oh, I'm a little bit all over the place, right? Maybe I'm doing some things on destination four, but I haven't finished some things on destination one yet. And I've seen differing opinions on the topic of saving for retirement versus paying down debt. And there's, you know, if you Google one way, you're going to find information one way. If you Google another way, you're going to find information for the opposite opinion. But if you have a 401k plan at work and your employer matches the money that you're saving, you really should take advantage of that free money. And if you have a home and you're paying your mortgage, but you don't have an emergency fund, you still need to pay that mortgage while building an emergency fund. So it's important to use that money map to develop a plan that works for you and your family. This will help you stay on track as you gain confidence and you realize that you're on the right path towards financial discipleship. So that is destination one in a nutshell. Next week, we're gonna focus on destination two, which is increasing your emergency savings to one month's income and paying off your credit cards. All right, change makers, this has been your episode for this week. If you have not yet, please subscribe to our podcast. When you subscribe, you affect our algorithm and our podcast gets out there to more people. So please subscribe. We really do appreciate it. To learn more about Compass Catholic, please go to compasscatholic.org. We have our new money coaching ministry, which is up and running. We were mentioned in a wonderful article this week and um, yeah, our emails blew up. It was great. So to get on our money coaches schedule, please go to compasscatholic.org resources. I need a money coach. It's a free service and you get access to accredited financial counselors who've been trained as money coaches and they can keep you accountable to your goals, which may be moving through the money map. Have a wonderful week and God bless.